1: If you're watching online, thank you for being here as well. But, um, you know, I was, I was praying. I, this, this day has been highlighted on my calendar for a while now. And, uh, and I said, Holy Spirit, I don't want to bring just another good word. I don't want to just get a message that I've, you know, got to speak at Eastlake. Or, Holy Spirit, I don't want to come and just try to be a good communicator. But I want to come and I want to bring the rhema word of the Lord for San Marcos. And as I said that, I closed my eyes and I began to see demons fleeing. I saw chains being broken. And I saw the glory of the Lord descending upon the people of San Marcos. I saw the, prosperity, the mantle of prosperity upon the people. Come on, are you willing to take it this morning? That's why I'm expectant this morning. But let's jump right into it. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, really again, an honor to be here with you guys. We look up to this campus. You guys are legendary. And, uh, but, but this is just the beginning, though. What's about to happen? We're about to multiply, go to different places, different campuses. And this is amazing. But let's go to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. We're going to read about Abraham, one of my heroes in the faith. And uh, it reads Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The title of my message this morning is Pregnant with a Promise. Pregnant with a Promise. Will you turn to your neighbors and tell them, hey, say, I'm pregnant today? I'm pregnant today. And don't worry, this is not, you know, nothing, no weird emoji stuff that we see. This is not a woke message, I can promise you that. But we are pregnant with a promise. Here you have a story of a man. God meets a man and and he deposits a seed in the form of a prophetic word in his spirit. In that moment, he got pregnant with what was about to happen. And what's so cool about this, because we know the story of Abraham, he's the father of our faith. He, he, his son was Isaac, then Jacob, then the 12 tribes of Israel. Then we have uh, the nation of Israel because of that. And then we have, uh, the Bible actually says that we are heirs according to the promises, heirs of the promises of Abraham. So we know the whole story, but what we can see here is the promises of God are not just for one little person or for that little family. In fact, when Abraham got the promise, he's probably thinking, gosh, I made it. God spoke to me, God talked to me, he promised me something amazing he promised me a nation he promised me that my name would be great that I'd be blessed this is incredible I made it but God was thinking a nation he was not thinking just his own little family. As Abraham is thinking his family, God is thinking, no, I'm thinking Isaac, I'm thinking Jacob, I'm thinking Joseph, I'm thinking the 12 tribes, Dan, come on, Judah, Issachar, Naphtali, I'm thinking of Moses, of Joshua, of David, and all the great heroes in the faith. I'm thinking of Jesus Christ, of the apostles Peter, John, come on, Paul, I'm thinking of Awakened Church, I'm thinking of San Marcos, I'm thinking of East Lake, Balboa, Bressy Salt Lake City, Boise, come on, somebody. What I'm trying to say is that we've all received a promise from God. And if you haven't, you might receive one today. But the promises of God are not just for our own little families. They have the power, transformative power, to carry a nation on the inside of us. When Pastor, when, when the Lord spoke to Pastor Jurgen and Leanne and said, hey, I want you to go to San Diego. And I, I'm sure they were blessed. Hey, you know, the Matessis will be blessed. It's going to be amazing. But God was thinking, all of us, God was thinking San Marcos. God was thinking Eastlake. Oh, he was thinking about Eastlake for sure. God was thinking Balboa. God was thinking Bressy, God was thinking everything that God was about to do. Are you with me? The promises of God are transcendent. They go beyond. If we're pregnant with a promise, that means we're pregnant with a promise to change, that has the power to change an entire region. I don't think you're hearing me this morning. You, We have been pregnant with a promise from God, and the seed of the word of God has transformative power to change your life, your marriage, your finances, all your finances, your business, your career. Come on, somebody, your ministry, and even an entire region, the power of the word of God. I remember God speaking to me years ago. He said, I've called you to be an apostle, a messenger of Jesus Christ. And I've spoken that over me. And I know God called me to speak and to be, and to be a, a life changer. And listen, I didn't know that I was carrying politics on the inside of me. I didn't know that God had called me to to shift not only a Christendom, which is amazing, I honor that, but I came to awaken and I hear the vision of our pastors. We're called to change a region. So I hear the word of the Lord. I said, I want you to go into politics. So I went into politics. And right now we're running against uh, this other person. Her name shall not be named because she's not worthy of it. Just kidding. (laughs) But hey, I do hate the ideology of, of the left. I will say that. And uh, make no apologies, because we are a church, come on, that believes in the Word of God. And we stand for truth, and we stand for values. But I didn't know what was in me. I didn't know the seed, uh, the promise, the prophetic word that was in me was for more than just what I had. And that's for you, too. There's a seed deposited on the inside of you. Now, here's a question. What do we do with that? I think. Here's Abraham, who... You know, God speaks to him, you're gonna be great, you're having, have, you're, I'm a, turning into a nation, you'll be blessed. But decades go by, nothing's going on. I mean, he prospered, but he's got no children, he's got nothing going on, really. Who's gonna take over his name? Where, where's the nation that God spoke to him? Have you, have you ever been challenged by the process of time when it comes to the promises of God? Have you ever heard from God and you're like, yes, you come to a service, a conference? How many of you are excited for conference? Come on, somebody. And you hear the word of the Lord or maybe the, the prophetic came to you from a pastor at a, at a service, at a Wednesday night service or a Sunday morning. Maybe you're reading the Bible and, and God speaks to you a rhema word from God and it jumps out of the, of the pages and it, this is my word. Or maybe it was a dream, maybe a vision. And then time happens. And nothing's going on. I remember God speaking to me. I've called you to be a prophet to the nations, a messenger. And I didn't, I didn't have anywhere to like say anything. Oh my like, God, you've called me. Where is this? You've spoken to me. We've been pregnant with a promise, but how many of you know that pregnancy takes time? There's a reason why the seed is first deposited, but it takes time. It takes time. I can see Abraham so frustrated. But things take time. My wife had the worst pregnancies in human history. I mean that. It was like nausea 24-7, Like, nonstop vomiting, day and night. I mean, she lost so much weight the first three months. Then she gained all of it back in some. And and that's okay. That's okay. She loves it. She loves it before and after. I wish I could show the pictures. We have the pictures? I don't think we have the pictures. But, But it's an amazing, redemptive story. Look at her now. Come on, so beautiful. Gorgeous. But listen, she was going through so much suffering. I remember she would send me to rallies. All she could eat was French fries from rallies. Every day I'd go to rallies. Was it Dr. Pepper too? Dr. Pepper and rallies. come on somebody, the diet of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Mess, I canceled, canceled. <laughs> and, uh, and I'd go and come back and, and you know, she's just as many as she could eat. And she was just really going through. She couldn't eat anything else. And, but, but listen to this. In the midst of her suffering, she still had to incubate the baby. The baby on the inside of her still had to grow and had to be in a healthy environment. So she had to fight for it. She had to incubate that baby in the midst of the suffering. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. There's been some seeds that have been deposited on the inside of you. And in the midst of the suffering, we're still called to, come on somebody, incubate those promises. Listen, we're called to create, build a healthy environment for these promises that God has given us. I love how we come to church and, oh, God gave me a word and it's amazing. You go home and, and then you, we sit, sit on our butts, you know, and just like expect God to do it. It doesn't work like that. There's a concept called divine sovereignty and human responsibility. That something on the there's some, there's 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 a, a role that we play in the in this deal, and we're gonna learn some things from Abraham, things that he did, that he went through, that we can learn from, so we can incubate those promises. Listen, uh, we're, we live in a time where it's not business as usual. We can't just come and play church. We can't just come and oh, I check I check the box off the list. I come Sunday morning. I'm good. No, we're called. We're, we're called that we have an anointing. Come on to take over cities, to take over regions. Come on, to take over our region, our state, and our nation. We carry, listen, I don't know if you're aware of this, but awakened Church carries revival. There's no accident, the conference is called Revive Us. We are carriers of revival and where we come, we bring life and we bring change. Oh, I don't know if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody this morning. The promises of God that have been spoken over you are not just for you. They carry the power of a nation. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? So even in the midst of suffering, we have to incubate those promises. So I want to go to Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 and 15. And here you have. God has another encounter with Abraham. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the lands which you see, everybody say See. see. For all the lands which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Yeah. Here's the first principle. And my first point is consecrate your vision. Consecrate your vision, and I'll tell you why. There's, and we go to an amazing church that it's, it's like we, I mean, we hear about vision all the time. Like, we, we are not lacking in vision. Come on, I mean, are you, you with me? We first four campuses, now we have six campuses. We're going for 16 campuses in our county. Uh, we hear vision Sunday morning, Wednesday nights. So you go, if you're a part of the apprenticeship, Tuesday. It's, it's vision all the time. Our church could be called Vision Church. Like, we're, it's an anointing that we have. And, and, and so, we're not lacking in it. I don't want to spend too much time in this, but here's a, a really uh, fundamental principle that your, our eyes are directly correlated to our destiny. What you see is what you get. My question to us this morning is, what are we seeing? What are we seeing with our physical eyes, and what are we seeing with our spiritual eyes? Here's God dealing with Abraham, and and it's like like a, a, a story of God trying to renew Abraham's mind. How many of you know that we need to renew our mind on the daily basis? It's got to be daily because we get saved, but our salvation has to be worked out too. There's so much more that needs to be renewed on the inside of us. And God is like, Abraham, I called you. I gave you a word. I promised you, but I see that you're too fixated on what you're lacking. And I need you to come out, and I need you to see what I have for you. I want you to look up, because this is what I have for you. And as far as you can see, I'll give it to you. My question to you this morning is, what are you seeing? What are we seeing? And can we go a little deeper? If I was the devil... Because there's a direct correlation between our eyes and our destiny. If I was the devil, I'd come and get a hold of your eyes. Because if I can have your eyes, I can have your destiny. We live in a world that, uh, uh, the world and the devil are creating so much content to steal our eyes. So many distractions. I mean, there's like a thousand million options on Netflix. And, And probably most of them are not good for us. If you're on Instagram. I'm, I, you know, God delivered me. We'll talk about this in a second. God delivered me from a spirit of lust when I was 19. But I'm on Instagram, and I'm searching, trying to search like a, a something golf, because I love golf. And, and literally, there's like a girl half naked in front of me. on my Instagram. I'm like, why is this happening? Because the devil is after our eyes. If we can go a little deeper, if, you're, if, you, if you get what you see... I feel the call from the Holy Spirit to consecrate our vision. To consecrate our vision. I feel the Holy Spirit calling us to holiness. To sanctification. To consecration. What does consecration mean? To be set apart. To be holy. The Bible says be holy for I am holy. Listen, I'm not speaking from a posture of I have it all together. I was exposed to pornography at a very early age. And that the devil got a hold of me throughout my teenagers. I was addicted to pornography. And it was a stronghold on my life. And I look back and I wasted so much time of my life because the devil had my eyes. In fact, I feel some people right now that the devil has your eyes, but I want to break it off right now in the name of Jesus. Just like God touched me in an instant, he can deliver you as well. Sometimes there's instant healing, and I believe in that. There's a miraculous healing where God just takes away the desire and gives you the power of self-control. Come on, the fruit of the Spirit to say, I will not do this. I'm done with this and I feel an anointing of the Holy Spirit calling us to holiness and consecration. And listen, holiness is not a religious thing. It's devotion, it's, it's not duty, it's devotion. It's, it's a pers- being in pursuit of God, Is God here I am. I'm after you, I want all of you. There's too much at stake. I got an anointing, I got a calling on my life. I got a destiny on my life. I got, I got too many lions to chase, <laughs> mountains to climb. Come on somebody. There's too much at stake. But the Holy Spirit's calling us to consecrate our vision. Listen, in, in Joshua chapter 3, Joshua is about to lead uh, the nation of Israel to the greatest battle they've ever had, Jericho. And the instructions of Joshua, the man of God, are consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Here's the principle. As we walk in consecration, sanctification, and holiness, we begin to create an atmosphere of wonders among us. I've heard Pastor Jurgen say before, listen, when I gave my life to Christ, I decided to go all in, and I've seen all of him working through me. The, and and I've, said, I've heard my pastor, Mike Yeager, said, hey, how conductive do you want to be? Do you want to be a conductive of the power of God? Give him everything you have. And I feel the Holy Spirit saying, calling, doing a calling to our heart, saying, give me everything you have. Set yourself apart. Be holy for I am holy. And again, it's not a religious thing. It's a matter of, of devotion and pursuit of God. Yeah. Consecrate your vision. Let's fast forward to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. And it reads, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven. Here we go again. Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Here's a story of God trying to renew Abraham's mind saying, Abraham, you're too fixated on what you don't have. I don't even want you to be fixated on what you have. I want you to be fixated on what I have for you, on what I see for you because our eyes get our destiny. What are you seeing? What am I showing you? My second point is don't operate with a poverty-lack mindset. Operate with a prosperous, abundance mindset. Can I challenge you a little bit this morning? Here's the definition of a poverty mindset. A poverty mentality is one that influences behaviors consistent with beliefs that money shouldn't be spent. Opportunities are limited. Any risk at all is dangerous. Any success is temporary and not replicable. And generally remaining in the back of the pack is safest. Constantly focusing on what is missing in one's life may lead to further poverty. The devil wants us to live with a poverty mentality, with a lack mentality. But if you look at the scriptures, God was a God of abundance, is a God of abundance. Think, th- th- let's, let's look at Moses, for example. God said, hey, I'm going to bring the manna. There was an abundance of manna for everyone. Hey, the, you want meat? I'm going to send quail. An abundance of quail for everyone. You want water? Just strike, uh, speak to the rock. Water will come out. You see David and Solomon, the most prosperous. Isaac, he sowed in the land and he began to prosper. Continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. There is a theme of prosperity and abundance. The Bible says that God delights in the prosperity of his servants. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I will open the windows of heaven over you and pour out such a blessing. There will be not room enough to receive it. I rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'm preaching right now. But I can see some people getting offended. That's okay. I'm going to challenge you right now. Listen, if I was a devil, I would, I would try to trap you and just let you live in a lack mentality. Because you can't live with a poverty mindset and expect supernatural results. Listen, I grew up in a place that were not, was not very prosperous. And I want to show you. Uh, I want to show that video. I grew up in TJ. Mexico, southern, southern, southern California, <laughs> let's, let's show that video for a sec. So that's the street where I grew up, that's the house that got transformed where I lived, that's my backyard, I used to play basketball right there and I was so happy. The streets where I grew up, that's where I grew up playing baseball. I remember taking my wife and she's like, I didn't know you grew up here. This is crazy. So I, I grew up with a, 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 a poverty really surrounding me. And I'm talking about money, but poverty, a lack mentality goes way beyond money. This is a lifestyle. It's how you see yourself. How do you see what's, what's around you? How do you see yourself in the marketplace? How do you see yourself as a husband, as a dad? How do you see yourself in your ministry? How do you see yourself as a child of God? God wants us to operate out of prosperity and abundance, not lack. Really? So I, I was caught up in the, in the middle of contrast. Meaning, even though I, I, that's where, where I lived, my mom did everything she could to work super hard to send me to a private school in TJ. So I went to the rich kid's school. But, but I would go and I would hear their reality and I would come home and my reality was so different than their reality. And then they would invite me to come over to their house, and I would eat with them, and I had good manners at the time. My mom did a good job, and my dad too, and and I had good manners, and and they always would want me to be a part so that it could rub off on their children too. It was weird. So, and they would have dinner, I'd come home, and I'm like, what is this? I didn't know families ate together. There's so many things that I saw, but I realized, because God touched me at a very early age, as a little Catholic boy, I began to believe that God could do anything. I remember I was I was playing baseball at at, at seven years old, eight years old. And I, my dream was to be a part of the All-Star team. And to be a part of the All-Star team, you had to be a part of the A-League. Well, my team ended up being the B-League. But I still began to pray. And not only did I pray that I would make it on the All-Star team, I would close my eyes and I would see the country of Mexico resembling a national tournament. I saw, I saw a trophy. And I would see myself being the best one on the team. And I would pray this every single day. All-Star team uh, season comes and they call me. Hey, we want you on the team. We go to the national tournament. I was the best player on the team. That's where I learned that God could do anything. So I grew up going to the school and remembering saying, hey, my life doesn't have to stay here. My life could become better someday. And I'm trying to talk to some people that right now have the urge and the desire to see life changing and seeing their circumstances changing, their marriage changing, their family changing, their finances changing. When you look around and you realize your reality doesn't have to stay the way it is, but you can close your eyes and you can see what God has for you. Lift up your eyes and see what I have for you, says the Lord. So I realized that I, life didn't have to stay that way. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say to you is the devil wants you to stay trapped in a lack mentality and poverty mentality. Right. Where things are not going to work out for you. I guess it happens for my pastors. It happens to some of us. It happens to some. But not for me. Right. And nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. I want to show you uh, where my wife and I uh, in 2012. That was our first, our first house we rented. We have that picture of the blue house. This was a big win, big God story for us. <clears throat> Believe it or not, <clears throat> we lived in a in a one bedroom apartment at the time, and um, you know, my wife was pregnant again. We're gonna have two kids. We can't live in a one bedroom now. And uh, so we found this house, and we were celebrating. It was built in the 50s. We went from a $1,400 rent uh, to uh, $1,350, and, and we had two rooms, and I was like, this is amazing. I was literally celebrating. So we, we come to check out the house, and we go into the master bedroom, incredible master bedroom. that was really small, and, and I remember saying, hey, babe, babe and she couldn't hear me. And that's when I realized that my life was leveling up. I, if I talked, it didn't matter where I was. My, my wife couldn't hear me. She was checking out the kitchen because I lived in a one bedroom apartment where you have the kitchen, you have the living room, you have the bedroom, you have the bathroom. It doesn't matter where you are. Hey babe, she's right there with you. So I said, this is amazing. The only problem, we move in and nothing's working. Like we would try to take a shower and we would like shock ourselves because I don't know what was wrong with the electricity. Like would open. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but like it was like this is something is not right. But but I realized that I didn't have to stay there because God could do anything. I remember walking one day. We were youth pastors at the time and we were really broke. Not that youth pastors are meant to be broke, but I was, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, that's all I was doing. My wife had just had rivers, so she stopped working for the moment. And the time being, I was making uh, about $3,000 a month and uh, we lost 37% of our income. And uh, you, t- you tithe and, and you rent and then you got nothing left, really. So I remember after church one time, we walked to Payway in Forest Ranch and uh, and, and I wanted Pad Thai from Payway, and it was an $8 meal. And I remember, I remember seeing it. In fact, John Montoya was there. I remember that, John. Give it up for John Montoya, my friend from a long time ago. He believed in me. He supported me when I was a youth pastor. He would give $100 a week to my ministry. Come on, it was amazing. Thank you, John. I want to honor you for that. So I, I remember I'm, I'm like looking at the, at the uh, Payway, and it's $8 for Pad Thai, and I said, I can't afford it. I look at my bank account, like, I can't. So I remember walking home. And I, and I was so frustrated, and I looked up towards heaven, literally in the middle of the street. I said, God, why am I so poor? I am your child. I'm your servant. I know the scriptures. I know the Bible talks about prosperity. Why is this happening? Have you ever gotten real with God before? It may not be about money, but it may be about a spouse or a, ch- a child. Maybe you're believing to have a, a, a baby, and you, you've been trying for so long. Maybe it's your children, maybe your family. But I got real with God and said, God, where are you? What's happening? And I remember the Holy Spirit just dropping, and the anointing fell upon me, and I felt his peace like I never felt it before, and I believe that's when the Holy Spirit placed the mantle of prosperity on me. Then I went into the business world, and we began to prosper. And uh, so that's where we, where we were in 2012, and <clears throat> this is now fast forward 2018. We're moving to this house. You have the, the second house. It has three pictures, I think. And... And that was our house, and uh, you can go to the next picture. I just want to show you a little bit. Th- this was a massive God. So you just leave it right there. Leave it right there. That was our, our backyard. And, and listen, I'm, it might offend some of you, but before we go into the judgmental part of the service, <laughs> I, 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 want you, I want you to know 2018, God called my wife and I to sow everything we had to say for this backyard to vision builders. We go, gave over $100,000, and I knew that we were sowing. So, so here we go, and we are here, and I'm like so happy, I'm like amazing, like we've, we've, we've made it, like this is incredible, God moved in my life, this is amazing. And then a Wednesday night service comes, and Pastor Mike is preaching a message of faith, and, and the Lord touches my wife. And my wife says, hey babe, I think God spoke to me. I think we gotta sell our house, and we gotta move to our dream home. I said, no, babe, what are you talking about? I rebuked that spirit in the name of Jesus. And she's like, no, for real, for real. And then she, my wife can be really persistent. So I said, babe, you need to stop. Like, we just, like, we just worked so hard to, to build our backyard. I'm happy. I'm good. This is where I have my devotion. This is amazing. She's like, no. So she stopped, and, and she's prayed. She said, God, speak to Marco. So, so, so I literally have a dream the next day. And my dad tells me, my dad had passed away in 2017. And I said, dad, I'm thinking about moving. He said, that's a good thing. That's that's, that's the right thing to do. So I woke up and said, babe, God spoke to me. She's like, I knew it. I told you so. (laughs) Husbands, how many of you hated when your wife says, I told you so? So, but here, listen, this is where it gets really good. Because the promises of God are to be incubated. You got to, there's, there's a human responsibility side of it. So I went to the word of God. I'm not just going to go off a dream, although dreams are good. But I said, God, I need a word from you. I need you to speak to me. I need to reign my word. I need you to speak to me right now if I'm going to make that decision. Because I don't know if my offer will be accepted on my dream home. I'm about to make maybe the biggest mistake of my life. Speak to me. So I'm reading the Bible, and God speaks to me, and and he showed me out of chapter Acts, and he said, I've called you to be a light to the Gentiles, and he showed me how my new house will be a light to the Gentiles. I said, babe, we got to do this. So we said, we called the realtor, said, hey, I want to, we want to list our house, put it on the the market. He goes, like, are you crazy? I said, no, God spoke to us. He said, well, maybe we can get 1.8, 1.9, maybe two max. I said, God spoke to us, we're going to get 2.5. Because I believe that God can do anything. Come on, somebody. I've lived this my whole life. I've seen it in every area of my life. Listen, how do you think I got this beautiful wife? I didn't even know how to speak English when I was in high school. Seriously. All I knew how to do was say hi, and you're cute, and that's it. And that's it. But somehow... She looked towards me and it worked out, it was good. I mean, we went through a bunch of little things, but we're here today, celebrating, come on somebody. How many of you know that, that relationships aren't always perfect, they're rocky? How many of you know that you can get out and you can look towards the sky and see the stars and see that all that God has for you? So we put the house on the market and the first day we put, on the, we open, we put the house on the market, we have an open house, the same day we get an offer for $2.5 million. I'm like, this is amazing! God really works in miraculous ways. This is not hocus pocus. This is how the kingdom of God works. It's supernatural, but you can't operate out of a mentality of poverty and lack. You gotta step into prosperity and abundance mentality. Are you with me? Listen, you gotta tackle the poverty mindset on a daily basis. Every day I get up and I pray, and I and I and I and I thank Jesus for the cross, and I thank you, I thank Jesus for. For his blood that was shed, thank you, God, Jesus, that you took poverty on the cross. The Bible says, it says, though he was rich, he became poor so that through him I could become rich. Now that could mean whatever you want to you, but that's what the Bible says. So I close my eyes, I say, Holy Spirit, just remove all poverty away from my mindset. All poverty away from my consciousness, from my awareness, remove it now in the name of Jesus and fill me with abundance. Fill me with prosperity. And I begin to see Jesus feeding the 20,000 people, breaking the five loaves and the two fish, and literally feeding 20,000 people. I say, God, that is my life in the name of Jesus. Abundance. I receive the anointing of prosperity and abundance. Listen, this is on a daily basis because poverty tries to come after you and steal your destiny. But we're not gonna let the devil win. So then we were able to sell our house, and we got to move to our dream house. And you can put the next, house, the next picture. Now, now, I just want you to know, we, we went from, and listen, this might offend you. To some of you, this might be nothing. Like Dr. Matt and Michaela have a beautiful home. I honor them for that. To some of you, this might be something. My point in all of this is that God, the devil wants to trap you in a mentality of poverty and lack. Listen, I could have stayed there with where I grew up. I could have stayed that in my mindset. This is what God has for me. This is where I grew up. This is what's always going to be there for me. But I believed, I knew that God could do anything. So we went from that to this is over $4 million home. And I give all the glory to God. And this is not just about a house. This is about your life every area of your life you can operate in prosperity and abundance. And you can expect favor. You can expect the blessing. You can expect the anointing. You can expect the glory of God. Listen, I close my eyes every day and I see the glory of God in every area of my life. My marriage, my children, my businesses, my ministry. I see the glory of God on politics. I see the glory of God descending upon me. This is for you too. It's the kingdom. Are you with me? So You can't operate. If you want to incubate the promises of God, we can't operate in a poverty lack mentality. we got to move towards prosperity. Let's go to Genesis chapter 18, verses 13 and 14. And now another encounter that God has with Abraham is like, like, Abraham, can you get it? Like, how many encounters do you need? How many prophetic? That might be a word for someone today. How many prophetic words do you need to move towards your destiny, to stop sitting your, on your butt and doing nothing with your life? Come on, somebody. I came to challenge you a little bit. When the pastor says, go to DNA, go to DNA. When the pastor says, time to tithe, we tithe. This vision builder says, vision builders. this is, this is what it takes. You want know, the anointing that is an awake, that's an awakened church? Oh, this is good. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? So God comes to Abraham now, and he says, hey, by the way, you're 100. I know you're 100, but you're going to have a son next year. And Sarah hears that, and she's like, oh, there's no way. I'm 90. Can you imagine a 90-year-old? She's like, how how are we going to do the thing? Like, can we just get fresh real and powerful this morning? She's like, there's no way, so she laughed, and look at what the Lord said. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is that the Lord? But listen, that might be a word for you this morning. That might be the cry of your heart," she said. "Can an old woman like me have a baby?" For some of you, it might not be a baby; it might be a dream you've had. Some of you think you're too old, or you lost your opportunity. Listen, I remember my wife and I started a campus, like Dr. Matt was saying, in um, Eastlake, Southern California, and. uh, we literally had nothing. We got our neighbors, we got them saved. And then we had her friend, we got her saved. So now we had three families. We grew that thing to 100 people at our house. We said, we got to find a venue. So we found a venue and we were there. And I remember there were times where people wouldn't come to church. Sometimes people get lazy and people don't show up. And, and I remember I would close my eyes because the Lord taught me to not focus on what I see here, but focus on what he sees. And I began to see just a room full of people, packed And that's the only thing that carried me. It was very discouraging. And I remember closing my eyes and just worshiping the Lord and I would open him and even though I saw a few people, I just began to lead like we had hundreds of people. And I look back because God deposited that seed on the inside of me. And I look now and at Eastlake where we're serving, sometimes when I get to preach, I close my eyes and I open and I see way more people than what I saw back then. Because we were incubating the promises of God some of you think that you've you've lost your opportunities or you had dreams that that maybe God doesn't doesn't think about you anymore and I want to honor Dr. Matt I remember 2019 a waking, uh Presence Conference Pastor Phil Pringle made a call for ministers and he said hey you said to me go I said no because I, I was too discouraged I said I'm called to the marketplace and I, it was just a few months ago where I'm praying and the Holy Spirit just I felt I've never felt this before but the Holy Spirit literally pulled me and he said, I've called you to the ministry. Where are you today? Have you given up on your dreams? Are you like Sarah? Listen, what Sarah was experiencing was really real. It's, it's her, her upbringing in 90 years of life dictated how she thought about life, dictated her expectation. How you see life, how you do life, your upbringing, your surrounding, if you're not careful, can dictate your expectations about life. I'll never get married. I'll never own a house. I'll never never be anybody in life. It's actually in my family. My parents were nobody. I'll never be anybody. My children, will, my children will be addicted to drugs like I was. And you begin to think devil's demonic thoughts, but the Holy Spirit is coming today to break those off in the name of Jesus and saying, hey, Abraham, come out. I want you to see what I have for you. I want you to look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. Look up towards the stars and see. Man, God is resurrecting dreams right now. I can feel it so strongly. He's resurrecting dreams right now and receive it by the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Sarah responded as a human being she said I guess it's not for me to have a baby but how many of you know that God can do anything God can do anything he can touch you listen if if you operate with a supernatural supernatural thinking supernatural expectation you can expect supernatural results it was 2014, and my wife, my wife, and we were living in that blue house we showed you, and, and uh, we said, hey, baby, we're going to save all of 2014, we're going to buy a house in 2015. She said, okay. We began to prosper a little bit. It's the third week of January, and she says, hey, uh, I found our house. I said, I don't think you heard me correctly. Like, we're going to save all of 2014, and we're going to buy a house in 2015. She said, okay, okay. So... Uh, she found her house and she knew I wouldn't go with her so she called her parents she said hey mom and dad can you guys go with me to see the house so I didn't know about it she said hey babe I found her house I said I was so frustrated I said babe do you not understand do you not realize that we're gonna save all of 2014 we're gonna buy a house 2015 she said okay 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 so so we she finally convinced me to go look at the house and, and they're like all optimistic and I'm like, oh, we got no money in the bank, how are we gonna do this? And then my wife, she's like, why don't you call the lender, and see if you qualify? I'm like, okay, I'll call. Hey, Mr. Lender, uh, we got no money in the bank and uh, I just launched my business last year. I know you need two years of, you know, of history. So I, I, just, I just wanted to see, I was trying to honor my wife, if this would work. And he's like, hold on a second, give me your numbers. Uh, okay, I think you're pre-qualified. I said, "No, no, 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 I don't think you heard me correctly. So, long story short, we moved into that house May of 2014. Supernatural thinking. Listen, I was, I came into the situation with all of my upbringing and my surroundings, but she heard from God. Listen, you can't operate in the supernatural if you live in the realistic. Have you met people that you come with your dreams they are like, oh, that's not realistic. You'll never do that. Listen, I'd rather be Marco who's crazy, who believes God for the supernatural, believes God for the impossible. He's crazy enough to run for office. Listen, that being over here and saying, yeah, oh, that's realistic. Listen to this. Realistic people never change the world. I thank God for our pastors, Yuri who are not realistic people. God sent 16 campuses. They said, let's go. Supernatural thinking will bring you supernatural results. We go to a church that believes in miracles for a reason, for us to expect miracles. What miracles are you expecting right now? Can I challenge you for a little bit? I want you to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to see your family your children for those of you that are married if you're single I want you to see yourself with that spouse you're dreaming of I want you to see your finances I want you to see your career I want you to see your ministry I want you to see God using you and I want to give you permission by the Holy Spirit to expect miracles begin to expect miracles for things to happen out of nowhere to literally see the hand of God come and move on your life in the name of jesus come on begin to see it if you can see it you can have it thank you holy spirit thank you holy spirit thank you holy spirit you can open your eyes so it's 2016 is our first vacation it was a staycation come on baby steps come on somebody so we we decided to go to la costa at the omni resort And we're there three days, and then we said, hey, let's stay one more day, so we stay the next day. And our kids are so tired by now. They're like, we've had it. Like, we're at the pool, and they're not wanting to go in the pool. That's weird. Like, they're sitting with us, we're like all exhausted, and we see this beautiful family come in front of us, walking in front of us with a a about a three, four-year-old with a Spider-Man bathing suit. And I said, look, babe, look at that cute kid. Reminds me of River, our son. Like, oh, how cute. So time passes by, and all of a sudden we hear the lifeguards just whistling so loud. And there was we, we realized there was an emergency happening. Everyone started clearing the area, and, and I'm like looking what's happening, and they bring that little boy out of the water, the jacuzzi, unresponsive, and they lay him on the floor, on the ground. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, what's happening? Like, this is too crazy. Like, we should have left. Like, this is weird and and all i see is the christians just start gathering around and begin to pray everyone else left and the christians come and they start praying and and i feel the holy spirit saying hey i want you to go and pray for that little boy and natalie's i'm like i'm like trying to process what's happening and natalie comes up to me she says hey go pray for the little boy so i just re, like came out of the shock that I was in so I walked up to the jacuzzi and and it's been now about five minutes, the baby, the boy's not responding I'm like this is not how I want to end my vacation and and I asked the, 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 the dad, I said he said, okay if I pray for your little boy he says please and I realized he was a Christian so we started declaring life in the name of Jesus life in the name of Jesus how many of you know that when you have dead things in front of you, you got to speak to the dry bones, life in the name of Jesus, life in the name of Jesus, that is the transformative power of A poverty mindset, a poverty mentality, speaking the word of God. That's why God said to Ezekiel, I want you to speak to the dry bones, speak life in the name of Jesus. Come alive. I said, Life in the name of Jesus, life in the name of Jesus. I began to pray in the spirit. Everything I had after a minute we see the boy the little boy starts coughing and responding again I'm like oh glory to God I didn't have to go through that. I saw that little boy I don't know if he was dead or asleep but he came back to life in front of my eyes listen just like I saw that miracle you can expect miracles in your own life in the name of Jesus If we can all stand as we close this morning listen I feel an anointing right now and I don't want to waste any time if you're here this morning and you feel the Holy Spirit wanting to unlock you right now, whether it's poverty mindset, maybe a call to consecration. Come on, maybe he wants to transform and touch your thinking. If that's you right now, I want you to be really courageous and I want you to come to the front. Don't stay where you are. If that's you, I want you to step out and come to the front right now. Listen, nobody cares. It's not worth it to stay where you are. You need change, you want change, I want you to come to the front. I believe this is the beginning of conferences. God is wanting to prepare us. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to wait. Because I know the Holy Spirit is calling you. Listen, I don't care if you have to stay in the back, but the, what's important is for you to take the step of faith and walk towards the front. I don't care if you have to stay on the stairs. Just come. Just come. You feel the calling of the Holy Spirit and taking you to another level. Come on, breakthrough is coming. Can we have the band just lead us in worship? Let's do it. Come on, let's worship with our whole hearts. consecration coming upon us right now and holiness. Listen, God is preparing us to do wonders among us. No accident that God brought me here today before conference it said consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among us some of you are going to fasting in the next few days some of you will really dive deep into the word of God man I feel the Holy Spirit giving you grace to say no to pornography to say no to temptation I see some of you um, hanging up on that call man you've been getting too many calls but the Holy Spirit saying it's enough it's time I'm calling you and I see the Holy Spirit removing all guilt and shame right now in the name of Jesus and giving you freedom some of you haven't given yourself permission to prosper to succeed or to anything at church because you're too ashamed but the Holy Spirit is touching you right now to set you free from that in the name of Jesus and I feel this so strong you can open your eyes for a second Genesis chapter 22 which to me was the culmination of the incubation of the promises that God made to Abraham God calls Abraham. He said, hey, I want you to take Isaac, your son whom you love, and I want you to take him off on the mountain. The Bible says that God tested Abraham. You know what the test was? It was a test of surrender. Obviously, God didn't want human sacrifice. But I feel it so strongly. God is testing us right now. Are we willing to surrender everything to him? Our time, our resources, our finances. Listen, we are vessels. My my perspective in life, I don't want to any blockages anything on the way between god and me i want to be a clean vessel for god for me to for him to use me how he wants to use me and i believe the anointing of the holy spirit coming upon some of us in fact all of us to surrender everything we got if god says i want you to give says how he, he he says that Dr. Cho would always say, pray and obey, pray and obey, pray and obey. Holy Spirit, we surrender everything we have right now to you, everything, everything, Holy Spirit. Take our lives, take our hearts, take our families, our spouses, our children, our businesses, our money, sanctify us, purify us. God, we want revival in our region. We want all that you have for us. Holy Spirit, purify our minds, purify our eyes. Let that mantle, let us walk in that mantle of prosperity and anointing. In Jesus' name. And if you're here this morning, if you're here this morning, everyone with their eyes closed in this atmosphere of of worship and the Holy Spirit if you're here right now and you haven't given Jesus your life you haven't committed your heart to Jesus Christ I want you to raise your hands and say that's me because everything I said cannot operate unless you surrender to Jesus Christ if that's you I want you to raise your hand. say that's me I need Jesus I need Jesus I need Jesus I need Jesus and why don't we all pray together and say Lord Jesus I believe in you I surrender my life to you I believe you're my Lord and Savior. Will you forgive me of all my sin and I surrender everything to you? And will you show me the great plans that
0: you have for me in Jesus' name? Come on, give it up for the people that pray that prayer. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com